The third edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. This is Carolina Basketball. Black holding high, goes to Darty. Darty in the double team, gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Michigan out of timeout. And Weber, front court, Carolina thought he'd travel with it. Weber, front court, Carolina with foul. He takes a timeout, they're out of timeout. Technical foul, technical foul on Michigan. Now gets it away to Donald Williams, down the side to Stackhouse. Stackhouse streaking in on Park, rebound duck is good, and he gets fouled by Park. Oh my goodness, what a dunk. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May! It's over! Carolina has won the national championship! Belton ready on his second attempt. That one is no good! A battle for it. Loose ball. Recovered Marvin. He scores! 72, and how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champion. Matthews off the mark, and this year the confetti is going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time. From HeelToughBlog.com, this is the Four Corners Podcast, featuring your host, Josh Marlowe. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. And the sky is officially falling in Chapel Hill and around the Carolina basketball community. As Walker Kessler, after stringing along Carolina fans for the last, you'd say, two, a day or so, has announced he will not return to Chapel Hill for his sophomore season and is instead transferring to Auburn and playing for Bruce Pearl and will, and continue his care or his college basketball career closer to home. Buddy, we we've been awaiting this decision really since yesterday. We we were kind of informed that this decision was coming soon. Um and then today pretty much since about the lunchtime really we were kind of on Walker Kessler watch kind of like last year when we were dealing with uh, Kerwin Walton's commitment, and of course he ultimately committed to Carolina. If I remember, it was like at 11 o'clock at night when he finally decided to announce his uh, decision to come to UNC. But this is different because Walker Kessler had, of course, entered the transfer portal the Monday after the season finished up and after losing to Wisconsin in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Um, many Tar Heel fans believe that his transfer will push Roy Williams to the brink of retirement and ultimately retiring. And then Hubert Davis was asked a question about recruiting him um, at his introductory press conference just about a week ago and made it known that he wanted Walker Kessler back in Chapel Hill and a part of Carolina basketball moving forward. And Hubert spent a lot of time recruiting Walker Kessler or re-recruiting Walker Kessler, that is. Ultimately, it didn't work out. And as we've, we've grown to learn in our time doing or covering Carolina athletics, Carolina basketball as well, when we don't get a guy, our fan base melts down. I mean, that's, that's, uh, let's just be honest here. I mean, it's not just that we don't get a guy. It's, uh, you know, it's just about every little thing the fan base is going to melt down. 
yeah, this is not the end of the world. Uh, I mean, look, you know, it was de- it, it definitely stings here, uh, especially with the fact that a lot of the sources close to the situation seem to have, you know, gotten some wrong intel from the family, whatever. I'm not really sure where, where that source came from, but um, it seemed like, you know, as you mentioned, they were put on Walker Kessler watch officially. Um, right around lunchtime, yeah, that was, that was about accurate. And from that moment on, the belief was that Carolina was in the driver's seat. Yeah. Um, as Armand Bacot has come out and said, he knew that he wasn't coming back. So, um, you know, it, it, it's kind of interesting. I don't know what went wrong. My thing is, look, can't really blame some of these big time tutorial sites because not only did one site have it, pretty much everybody had this same excuse. So the belief from just about everybody was that Armando Baycock, or excuse me, that uh, Walker Kessler was coming back. I'm getting these guys mixed up in my head because we have so many guys that are leaving. Uh, but that was that. That was the the consensus in most people's minds. So it definitely hurts for Carolina because, yeah, as we had mentioned, you know, a couple of times here over the last few weeks, this was the best big man that was in the franchise. So now you've got to kind of scramble a little bit. There's still some options out there. As we mentioned, there are guys that haven't entered the transfer portal yet that will. I mean, yesterday, Matt McClung entered the transfer portal. That's a big name that is, you know, just now getting into the transfer portal. So it, there's no, I mean, there, there are still guys that have not made decisions yet that are, you know, maybe potentially waiting out, you know, some, some staff changes, improved, whatever, that could eventually hit the transfer portal. So I think the thing here is that you've got to be patient. But at the same time, you've got to realize that, yeah, this is going to be a a tough, a, a tough season for Carolina. You're starting with a brand-new head coach that has not coached a game at the Division One varsity level in his career. Um, you say, well, he should have been able to bring back Walker Kessler. No. The fact that they were even in the hunt for Walker Kessler after most people were of the belief that there was zero chance that Walker Kessler would have been entertained anybody from the staff talking to him, was pretty amazing. And, I mean, look, I know he's not a superstar. You've already got one guy out of the portal. And remember that this is without Hugh Davis having his staff finalized yet. So he's doing the things that he needs to do so far. Sometimes, you know, things just aren't going to break your way. So, I, I mean, I, I don't think that this is something that, you, that that people should be overreacting to. But as you said, we know they are going to overreact to this. It's just what happens. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully within the next couple of weeks or so, Carolina can, you know, do a little bit of scrambling uh, and, you know, only that, that's a perfect metaphor, especially just one day after the Masters tournament just finished up, and find you know a guy or two that they can add in there that can sort of calm the people that are concerned. And I mean, look, I, I do think there is one aspect of this that you probably have to be concerned about long term, and that is that right now, 
leaky black is your tallest player on your roster. Well, what it what it does, the, the reason why I think he was so coveted and why you wanted him back, five-star talent, but right now you don't know what your front court's looking like heading into next season. You lost, with him now coming back, four guys to the transfer portal, Kessler, Garrison Brooks, Sterling Manley, and Walker Miller. You've got Dayron Sharp in the NBA draft. You've got Armando Baycott going through the NBA draft process. That's six guys from your front court that are potentially not going to be on your roster next season. Four of them, you know for sure, aren't going to be back for 2021-2022. Hubert Davis has emphasized that they want to play a more modern style of basketball. He probably right now doesn't have a choice. And bringing up Leaky Black is a great is a great thing because he's your tallest player. And maybe maybe this a smaller lineup will get the best out of him. But and I stressed this when we were talking about this on the roster uh, podcast we just did yesterday. If you're going to play smaller, you still got to rebound the ball really well. And right now, Carolina doesn't have anybody proven on their roster from the backcourt that's going to go rebound the basketball the way you need to if you're going to play smaller. And, and I mean, I think, I think that's the thing is that if you brought him back, there's a – Reasonable belief that you're going to have Armando Baycott back for next season. Well, then you feel a lot better heading into next season if you're playing a smaller lineup. You're not going to have the depth that you had this season, and you'll miss that in certain games where foul trouble will come up, and and not having four or five guys at your disposal um, would hurt you. But right now, you're looking at the potential of not having anybody. Um, You landed Justin McCoy out of the transfer portal from Virginia, and he's – he, he brings some flexibility, but he's still only 6'8". You don't have a lot of size down down low right now. And right. what's what's Carolina's thing when they're really, really good is that their size overwhelms opponents. Um, I mean, unless you're going to be as good as Baylor's guards were this year and winning the national championship, size ultimately does play a factor in the NCAA tournament in the Final Four, and it, it really, the teams that usually have the most size benefit in March and are legitimate contenders to win the national championship. Um, and, and, you know, look, we're not going to berate the kid. This was this was a decision that we knew was possible. I think, as you mentioned, him being, Carolina even, even being in the running um, was still pretty remarkable. And I think, you know, a lot of people are already coming for Hubert Davis. He didn't, it wasn't from a lack of effort that he didn't get Walker Kessler back in Chapel Hill. He pretty much, from the moment he became the head coach of Carolina, that was the most important thing he's done in his first week or so on the job. That's probably a big reason as to why right now his coaching staff isn't finalized because he's been more focused on bringing in that player and and trying to land recruits. Um, And so this wasn't wasn't from a lack of effort. The guy went down on a family vacation and practically gave a timeshare speech to these people in the middle of their vacation. He spent four and a half hours trying to convince this this young man to come and play for him. Hubert Davis is not the reason that this didn't work out for Carolina. It's just that simple. Like, I don't really know what else you could want from Hubert Davis, especially in this 
time period. Because you've got to remember that there are still some recruiting uh, limitations. And I'm assuming that that, that, that also is, is part of what the, the transfer portal. Um, with, I mean, you're, you're still in a recruiting debt period. So the fact that he was doing as much as he possibly could, and I think you're right, I think that's a great observation. That is more than likely the reason that his staff is not finalized right now. You would imagine that over the next couple of weeks, uh, they will attempt to probably get the staff together. But at the same time, I mean, you know, he will get the staff together, but there is not going to be a certain period of time, even a week, set aside where they are just going to be able to focus on let's get the staff together. Like right now, their attention turns to a different guy in the class it, or it, that, that is in this, this recruiting class for the freshmen that I think a lot of people are pointing to. One thing that I wanted to talk about with McCoy that you brought up, I think one of the big things with McCoy that people have to realize as well is that he is his best role on this team this year and maybe even next year would be to come off the bench. If you put him in a in a starting role right out of the gate, I don't I just don't know how successful he's really gonna be. Because I, I feel like he's a guy that needs to be able to grow in the system because I mean, you look at his numbers at, at Virginia. This this is not a guy that's coming in after averaging, you know, even even fifteen twenty minutes on the floor. He did not play all that often, and he's still going to have to build up to be that type of player that you're eventually hoping he can be, which is a guy that six eight can give you something on the glass and be aggressive uh, and handle himself on the defensive end, but can also step out and knock down shots. Yeah, I I I feel like I I feel like you know you're probably right. You want him coming off the bench. His best role, in my opinion, will be a ultimate three and D guy. You bring him off the bench to knock down some shots and play some defense. And the thing about the staff is, look, yeah, you you got to have a coaching staff, and and I get that. You also got to have kids to coach. And right now, you've got five scholarships available. You can get. I mean, I know he missed out on King Rice. You're not going to swing on miss on every coaching cannon that you want. So you can get the coaches that you want to come to your program at really whatever time you want to come. It doesn't ultimately matter if you don't have the talent. We'll mention where does Carolina look next. You still got to look in the portal and maybe find a diamond in the rough or two or wait for someone else to enter the portal. But there's a product out of Charlotte, North Carolina we've talked about on here in the last couple weeks that I – I feel like that's got to be the focus for Hubert Davis moving forward. That's Jonas Adu, the former Marquette University commit, who decommitted after they moved on from um, former Duke player Wojo and hired Shaka Smart away from Texas. And, you know, look, he's he's not a polished player. He's got a lot of room to grow as a player, which ultimately makes him even that much more desirable because you understand with him, if he comes to play for you, you're getting a guy that's going to be around two to three years that you can develop, that he can grow within the system. But this is a guy that Hubert Davis, Sean May, they've got to take the same approach they, they spent on Walker Kessler, that same type of effort, that same type of energy into Jonas Adu. Because right now, it's not even about – right now, you just need you need, you need need depth. You need players. 
it's not about the talent of the player right now. Right now, you should have players on your roster that can fill out and you can provide some depth because if if Armando Baycott goes to the NBA draft process and excels and he gets positive feedback that says, hey, you can be a top 15, 20 NBA draft pick, he's not coming back. He's going pro. Yeah, defensive end, Keith John Silver might be starting game one. Right. And, and so that's a situation that you you have to – they have to work as in the mindset that Armando Baycott's not coming back. He has the option to come back, but he's in the NBA draft. So you have to operate under that opinion. And if this guy who was from the Charlotte, North Carolina area – and look, Carolina fans were wondering, well, why wasn't he already being recruited and offered a scholarship? Well, before this season, Roy Williams didn't think he was having any room for him. He just would have wasted that kid's time trying to recruit him just to put him on the bench and sit there for, who knows, two to three years before he actually had some minutes available for him to go and play for him. That's why he wasn't recruited, but now that he's decommitted, he's still right there in the neck of your woods. You'd hate to see that guy go somewhere else, let alone in the ACC school, and be a guy that is a productive player that's not in Carolina Blue. Well, the other thing is, is I mean, you can already see that there is an effort because as as has been released by a couple of sources that are you know posting this on on, on social media, and as of right now, don't know how credible some of these sources are. I've looked at some of these accounts. I don't know how much you can actually believe in some of the stuff that they post, but. There are some rumors that they do have a phone call, Zoom call, whatever, with him tomorrow. So, if, if that's the case, they are literally waiting one day for Walker Kessler's decision. Not even 24 hours for Walker Kessler's decision to move on and start recruiting Jonas Adu with a pretty significant effort. So that should show you right there that they are doing they, – they are going to do what, what is asked. I would be stunned if he does not have a recruiting offer in the next couple of days. Whenever that that call ultimately ends up happening, which you would imagine it is in some capacity, he will have a recruiting offer come. Yeah. But, yeah, I think the biggest thing now is – and, I mean, it's – it's really difficult to take this mindset because, you know, one of the ultimate goals as, as you know, somebody that, that watches and follows the team and has rooted for the team for a while as well, you want these guys to go on and be successful in the NBA. But selfishly, with, it, with, with what this team is bringing back at this point next year, I think Armando Baycott might be the biggest domino this team has for, for next season. If he ends up leaving, that puts you in a really, really tough situation. If he comes back, you can get a due in there, you might be all right. You're not going to be anywhere near as deep as you've been in the past. But that's a roster where even if that's all you get, which I doubt that is, I think there will be some other guys that will come in the portal. I think there are probably, people won't like this fact, but there will probably be a guard or two that will be added in the portal as well. This will just be a guard-heavy lineup. Um, I still, I, I think you can probably go eight or nine deep, and you would probably still be all right. But if Armando Baycott decides to stay in the NBA draft, then you're looking at a scenario where you would then 
expect Jonas to do as a four-star if he commits to you to come in and and be play well above the expectations that he should have coming out of the gate. You would probably have to get Dontrez Styles to come out and be great as a freshman. And as we've seen over the last couple of years, that is far from guaranteed. So, and, and I mean, then you're, you're also entering into, you know, a situation where let's say somehow you then don't get a due. Then, I, I mean, I don't even know where you would go from there. That, so, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tricky. I still feel like ultimately Armando Baycott is probably going to return. It feels like that's also the mindset that he's kind of taking into the NBA draft process. It also feels like if they offer a do, if they if they make a push, they can probably land him as well. But as of right now, nothing is certain. Armando Baycott's decision was the biggest domino, no matter if Walker Kessler came back or not. He was the team's leading rebounder and leading scorer from a year ago. No matter who, even if Walker Kessler would have returned, you were asking a then second-year sophomore Basically, in a lot of people's eyes, he would still be viewed as a freshman because of the way COVID impacted his season to step up and, repl- and, and, and duplicate that kind of production. So, um, if, you know, Carolina, they, there's just a lot of questions right now. I know a lot of people are wondering, well, why would you still want to add talent on the wing? Well, for the last two years, that's all we've heard complaining. That's what this team's been missing. Carolina's going to be very guard-oriented under Heber Davis. I, I don't think there's any way around that. They're going to play a way that Gonzaga, Villanova, um, Baylor, Kansas now, the way that those teams play, that's going to be Carolina. But as he mentioned, that he's going to have a mix of philosophies with Dean Smith and Roy Williams. He understands that having bigs that are effective, that can rebound and, and control the games are important too. And you got to have at least two of them. Right now, Carolina... Doesn't have any. One last little mini topic before we do get out of here. We're not going to go really in depth on this, but Walker Kessler's definitely etched his name into the Carolina memory, and it's not been in a good way since he entered the transfer portal. Um, basically, many people believe that that confirmed and pushed Roy Williams to retirement. The question isn't, or I guess the question is this. And we're not like, we're not going to go in depth. Just like a really quick one minute or two minute answer on this: Is he officially a Carolina villain? Uh, yeah, I would say he is considered a Carolina villain. But as followers of the MCU, where would he rank among villains? Is not quite in the status range. That would very clearly now go to the humongous douche Larry Drew the who I did tweet at after he put out his comments about what because he's a moron um so I, I mean I think he's I think he's up there I I I I, I just I can't put him up there with some of those other guys now I'll say this I, you know, Larry Drew makes sense. Rashad McCann makes sense. I I was one, and maybe I just didn't follow the team as closely then, so that's the reason why 
I don't understand the amount of hate that some people have for the Ware Twins being up in that same that same category. Maybe I missed something. Maybe they have said something in the past um, about Roy Williams, about the universe, whatever. I, but I, he, he's not there. But yeah, I would say he's he's probably on the on the uh, UNC Billings list in terms of the guys that that have played for Carolina and then turned into Billings. Yeah, I would agree. He's probably on that list. Yeah, there is no doubt that he has officially etched his name. He is a Carolina villain. Um, and not saying this has a bad thing, not taking a shot at the kid. But, you know, if Carolina was to schedule a game at Auburn in the next two to three years, I wouldn't complain. And if Carolina was to go down there and show him up a thing or two about how you play basketball the right way and how we do things here, I wouldn't complain. So with that, we are going to go ahead and get out here a little bit of shorter edition of the podcast before we let you go get you guys over the website heeltoughblog.com where we had you covered with the walker kessler news go back and read my article about his decision to not come to carolina and where carolina goes from here and of course we'll have you covered with all the latest news and nuggets around carolina basketball before we will expect more recruiting news whether it's on the join us to do front or from the transfer portal as well as um staff hirings we should be expecting that in the coming days we'll have you covered Everything wall-to-wall on HeelToughBlog.com. Same thing for football. As we are getting you ready for the imp- or the upcoming spring game, that will commence on April 24th. Anthony's getting you guys ready with that. And go check out some other scattering reports of potential Carolina recruiting targets. Last, we encourage you guys to rate, review, and ultimately subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on every, on every major podcasting theme. Most be Spreaker, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts. Give us a like. Review me as the host, review Anthony as the host, but we want you guys to subscribe. That way you get every podcast right there in your podcast library. Well, with that, I do want to thank Anthony for coming on on such short notice to talk a little Carolina basketball. We want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. <laughs>